Now back to the happy hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back here on the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Whether you're listening on the FM dial, the ticket app, or the uh, website, theticketfm.com, or for those of you that are joining us on the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream, appreciate it, um, 402-464-5685, the Honda Vlickin Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line, both those continue to be open for you guys. The rest of the show, shout out to Industry Baby, of course. Poison forever. Forever and always. Um, shout out to Industry Baby. Let's go to the Honda Vlickin Hotline where we're joined by our, our great friend. A stingu- distinguished guest. Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska. Zach, what's up, man? Happy Friday. Man, I don't know who does the voiceover thing, the intro for you guys, but Matt, <laughs> Matt Rule would say he has an elite voice. That, that gets me every time. The- Nick Sainer and Enrique alvarez Clary. No, no, his, his, name, his name would be Bob, which makes it even better. Better. Also known as Big Voice Bob. Yes. Big Voice Bob. All yeah. Right. yeah, we now call him we're we call him Big Voice Bob. And, and I was I knew you liked that because when we were at the press conference on Wednesday, <laughs> that's how you greeted me. Was in the, yeah, the Big got, Voice Bob's we got in the voice. elevator. I'm like Nick Sainer. Nick Sainer. <laughs> that's that's what you said. And it would have been Bob? you know, it would have been fine, you know, but we were in kind of a group of people. I think I think there were some other media people there and I was just like, Man, Zach calling me out just right in the elevator in front of everybody here. Please continue to do that. That's not a call out. That's uh, I'm just building the brand. I'm just trying to show some support and love for uh, for what you guys are doing, you know what I mean? Please you, continue to call out Nick. Every time you see him, I, I it's necessary. I, I included your name, actually, too, when I he said did. that to him yesterday. I said Perfect. both. Perfect. You did. Okay, so you mentioned Matt Rule says elite a lot. Should he stop? Uh, I don't really care. Um, I mean, that's sort of just uh, the buzzword that a lot of coaches do. If mm-hmm. that's the one he's sticking to. I mean, hey, Urban Meyer used to do it all the time. It worked out for him. Hello. For part until – I mean, in college, it worked out for him. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, okay. We're talking to Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska, uh, the rival site for the Huskers. Got a lot of good stuff going on over there. Make sure you check him out. Zach, it's kind of an interesting situation right now because um, if you listen to Carolina Panthers CEO Dave Tepper, they he just kind of came out last week or this week about how he regrets hiring a CEO type of coach in Matt Rule. But here's Nebraska, where personally, in my opinion, that's kind of the guy that they needed, the type of guy that they needed, to where he has a pulse on everything that's going on, has a clear plan, and is kind of involved in everything. I mean, am I way off in thinking that? I think you're exactly right, and I completely agree with you. I mean, the NFL and college is so different. I mean, the Panthers and Matt Rule, they tried out the NFL as sort of an experiment that did not go well. Um, I, I think his his proven track record and then what happened in the NFL, what's happening now, it's just proving over and over that he's built more for the college game. It was his his style, his leadership style, everything involved with that just doesn't mesh well with the NFL. I mean, the it feels like the only uh, NFL coach who's made that type of like the CEO style work. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong, but it's Bill Belichick. And even he's had his, his struggles of, in recent years with, drafting and having that GM role. I mean, it didn't work out for uh, Bill O'Brien yeah. as a recent example. Um, but yeah, we, we knew, we knew this is what 
what the hire was going to be. That was going to be CEO type. Trev Alberts knew. I mean, this is going according to plan and according to Trev, um, his, his most recent show, it's going even better than uh, anticipated so far. I mean, there was a thought I had a couple of days ago after the press conference Wednesday and then um, yesterday. It's like, if you look back, um, Jeff Ekstrom, uh, inside Nebraska staff writer for us, um, he wrote this in-depth, long-form feature about Rule's time at, at Baylor, how he built that program up, and he did a bunch of interviews with guys down in Texas, and um, it, it it was funny looking back because Rule said yesterday, Ed Foley's doing exactly what we've always done, mm-hmm. and they went into talking to nothing special like this is what we do it's our job so i looked back and uh, read the fe- red jeff's feature it was kind of it was interesting and fascinating to read everything because it's like everything in there was telling of the future of how this was going to go and it's predictive of the future of what's to come um yeah that ceo type is how he does things and like you said nick i mean that's what Nebraska needed. They needed this type of worker and uh, a guy who's going to grind like this. I mean, that's what Trev said in the the September press conference after firing Frost and announcing a national coach search is we need a grinder and a culture builder. And mm-hmm. um, that's what, that's what they're doing right now. So it doesn't surprise me at all. It's just, it's interesting and fascinating to look back on that. Yeah, this is, what Nebraska needs. And I don't know about you guys, but like retroactively during, I mean, 77 days of a coach search. And then mm-hmm. now like you see everything, the characteristics of rule and you match it up with what Trev had been saying they're searching for the whole time. It's like, huh, I guess it was sitting right there for us the whole time. We should have all known rule is the number one candidate, but you don't think about that at the time. Zach, it's wild because, and maybe when you, I mean, Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, and we can sit here and criticize the previous staff and previous staffs over the the course of the last you know ten years. If you're a Nebraska fan, um, that th- this current staff, led by Matt Rule, Marcus Satterfield, Tony White, and and trickling down the whole the whole staff, it, it really feels like they're going through with an approach of not leaving a single stone unturned. And, and like the perfect example of that is the story, the quick story that that people might have missed, where. Matt Rule talked about how Marcus Satterfield, great example is DeAndre Barnes. Marcus Satterfield stops it, uh, doesn't plan to stop at Regis Jesuit, but he passes it, calls the coach, and boom, uh, DeAndre Husker, or excuse me, DeAndre Barnes is a Husker the, in, in the next couple weeks. I mean, it, is, it, it just really feels like they're putting in the groundwork. Maybe that it won't pay off in 2023 or 2024, but even farther down the road if they, they find themselves still here. Yeah, absolutely, and that's another thing that Rule said in that that intro press conference on what November 28th, I believe is we'll leave no stone unturned to find good players. And I think not just the mining for talent. I I think um, that's a mentality that they have just overall uh, that encompasses what they want to do with this program. And you're right. I mean, I wrote about that Wednesday is this, this off season, now that the recruiting and uh, the recruiting is done, they have the class, um, on the books for the 2023 class that is. And then the transfer portal is for the most part done um, as far as additions might see some more in the second transfer window. But mm-hmm. uh, now, now that that's all sort of solidified, it's like now is the time where they're going to be laying that foundation and building from the ground up. Um, like 
uh, like you were talking about. Like that's what this spring is. It's going to be full of patience and adjustments and growth. Like it's about this spring is about learning from the perspective of the coaches are learning the players. They're trying to learn the personnel they have. I mean, you heard rule talk about it Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried, I tried to phrase my question as, as best I could knowing full well that he was not going to give an actual, uh, an answer for what I was looking at, but I, I tried, I gave it the best try I could when I was trying to ask about, um, what he thinks of the personnel, but, um, like I expected, it's too early for him to give, yeah, at least publicly, uh, his thoughts on the roster. So that's what that's what March and spring ball is going to be all about, and it's going to be about weeding out the guys that don't fit, that don't have the same philosophies and mentality that that rule and the staff want. It's going to be about the coaches learning about other coaches. Terrence Knighton mm-hmm. gave some initial thoughts on Tony White's schemes and his visions, but he's like, but I still, I still have a lot to find out um, as we get into, cause they haven't done that much actual football stuff yet. So um, it, I mean, probably the most important spring in recent memory at Nebraska. Obviously I've only been here. I've, I've been here seven, eight months now, but um, reading back, listening, um, to previous years, to uh, people talking about previous years, um, and doing research on it. Seems like this is the most important spring, maybe since, I guess, the first year of Frost. I don't know what you guys think, but um, uh-huh. whether it's the most important or just one of, it's still going to be obviously a huge spring ball. Well, so it's interesting that you mentioned, like, you know, how, how intrigued people are. It was a, reported about as of 1 p.m. yesterday. On Thursday, Nebraska sold about 36,000 spring game tickets. I mean, where do we expect that number, if you had to guess, if you had to guesstimate, where do we expect that number to, you know, kind of come to a stop or end up at when we when we reach April 22nd? I mean, I, I know people are talking about, like, how the people have mentioned, like, maybe a sellout for the spring game, and then others are saying no way. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it won't be a sellout, but I won't be surprised if it's closer – if it's closer than people think, just because there's so much hunger for there to be a successful turnaround. And like you said, this, this is the most intriguing spring they've had in quite some time. And there's so much positivity breeding from this, this coaching staff and what they're doing right now. Cause it feels like everything they're doing and saying Nebraska fans are like pretty much like screaming. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> like this is what we've wanted. This is what we've needed. Like this is what we've been looking for. It's like, um, so, and then you add in the, I mean, just positional battle, things like that. Like, I mean, I know Casey Thompson's not going to be really throwing that much in the spring, um, as he heals that, that shoulder, but he's look at like quarterback, um, curiosity with that battle. And then other positions of, mm-hmm. of interest as you go down the board, it's like, there's so much intrigue and, I mean, it's going to be April. Spring's the best time of year, in my opinion. So why not go out there and actually experience it? And on top of the fact that it looks like we might have an actual, uh, an actual football game where people yeah. are hitting and not tagging off, as uh, the phrase went last season. So um, maybe not sell out, but I expect it to be, um, I expect it to be packed like it always is. Maybe even more so than previous years. We're speaking with Zach Carpenter inside Nebraska, and Zach. 
So, you know, you're talking about the intensity. You're talking about, hopefully, a, a an actual spring game with hitting. And outside of, you know, the regular intensity and, and seriousness that goes along with the offseason for a football team, how much more intense do you believe this offseason is going to be, not only the first year of rule, but all of the new additions to this roster and the fact that, you know, something everybody's talking about and might be talking about for a couple more years with a bunch of other football teams as well is they're over on scholarships right now. So the intensity of, you know, so some of these guys are not going to be here come fall camp. You have winter, you have spring, the spring game, which is going to be crazy, hopefully. And and then, you know, that summer to, to get down to that roster number and all of these, these student athletes know that some of them might not be here next season. How much more intense is it going to be in those football locker rooms? Yeah, I think it's going to be cutthroat. Um, I was saying this on Wednesday me and when me and Greg Smith did our sort of wrapping up the press conference and giving some other thoughts like they're at 103 right now which is not a real issue because the proverbial phrase is it always sorts itself out and it will sort itself out and that's mm-hmm. through this intense spring that's coming i mean again referencing um the store jeff's story about the the um build of his baylor program and um the direct quotes were that he ruled did not run anyone off at Baylor, um, but he was gonna he was gonna push. Um, he was gonna make it as brutal and as intense as possible in the off season to weed out those who who weren't a fit, who weren't um, who weren't cut out for it. And that's what we're headed for this spring, I think. And um, I don't know. I'm ex- it's exciting and intriguing. And I mean, there's gonna be. Um, I mean, there's gonna be. In influx of players who who aren't cut out for it, and on top of that, though, I mean, Rule did talk about some of the quote unquote rules um, that that they can use their advantage to uh, to make sure they get down to that number. Um, and I think, I mean, to sort of paraphrase what the rule is, is they can uh, they cut a player from the roster but still honor their scholarship if they choose not to transfer. So. Um, on top of all that, yeah, there's going to be some uh, there's going to be some hurt feelings in locker rooms I'm sh- in, in the locker room, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I think it's all going to be settled on the field. I think I mean everyone's going to get their opportunity, mm-hmm. and that that's one thing about past rule teams and what I expect to happen here is um, guys are going to get their shot and a fair shake at it, and we'll see who who uh, comes out on top. Zach, last one before we let you go. We're talking to Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska. So I, I, th- I believe there was a Rivals National writer, um, Nick Harris, who who put out some grades for how a couple of the new coaches performed this offseason. But I want to look maybe till next year. And I guess, you know, obviously Dylan Raiola is right at the top of it. Nebraska sent nine coaches. That's not necessarily what I'm trying to get at. How does Nebraska, how is so far, how is Nebraska shaping up for, for 2024 recruits? Yeah, I think. I mean, sort of similar to what I was saying about how this is a foundational uh, spring for the team itself. I think um, they sort of use January and uh, they'll be using March as the foundational core to build the the 2024 class because mm-hmm. what's interesting is January is when most college staffs, they, they have pretty much 90, 95% of their class, if not 100% of their class already signed during the early period and they use the January live period to start really putting a hundred percent focus and effort into the 2024 cycle. And 
Um, Rule and his staff, they were able to do that. I mean, obviously, like you said, they went, Rule went to see Rayola. Um, Satterfield went to see him. The rest of the coaching staff went yeah. to see him. Um, and they've, they've been able to stop in and still put some focus and some, uh, a lot of emphasis on the 24 class, but they were still finishing up 2023. I mean, they brought in, um, uh, I mean, Lenhart and Ethan Nation, they were already signed, but uh, they brought in those two guys officially on January 3rd. And then uh, the, extra, the last four commits they brought in. And on top of that, the transfer portal was still focused in January. So uh, I don't think they were able to focus on the 2024 classes as much as, um, as, as much as most staffs would, normally would in January. So March... I think that's when we're going to see it. I mean, all of February is a dead period. And then can't remember the exact date that the, um, it's called the quiet period from March, March something to April 15th, I believe where recruits can visit the schools. The coaches can't visit the recruits at their gotcha. schools. Um, so we're going to see, I mean, strapped in because we're going to see a ton of 2024, 2024 uh, the high-profile variety, because I know Dylan Rayola, he's planning to get back to Nebraska probably sometime in March, but at some point in the spring, that's not scheduled yet. And then you'll see guys like Aaron Hampton, the five-star down in Texas uh, receiver. I, I don't think he has it scheduled, but he's planning to get here in the spring. So there's going to be an influx. And then if you're seeing that Dylan Rayola, who has a Rolodex as long as any recruit in the country, um, once the any has relationships with um, plenty of other high level talents in his own class, like that'll pull mm-hmm. some more interest and visitors from uh, from all over the country. But again, Texas, East Coast, Philadelphia, all that. I mean, we're we're about to see a pretty busy uh, busy spring loaded with visits. So that's just yet another thing to be excited about. Well, well, Zach, I highly recommend that you just take a vacation or something and uh, get away from the laptop, and we'll be we'll be all good to go. Well, February actually, that's when my most of my staffs uh, take vacations, and Greg, Greg's taking a vacation. Barrett has well earned of a vacation. If you yeah, and Greg's taking one, and then uh, Jeff will be uh, has some. Some downtime. Steve's uh, preparing for uh, for real life with uh, yeah. his baby daughter on the way. So I'm I'm over here. Just I'll I'll be banning the ship. Probably no no not too many breaks in February either. So we'll uh, we'll take some time when we can. February 27th is my birthday, so I'll get nice. one day. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. Come, come join us for the Super Bowl for the uh, big oh, game yeah. well, for the big I, game at Wings I and Rings. To... What's that? Come join us for the big game at Wings and Rings. Oh, I might have to do that. I'm a Chiefs fan, so I was thinking about going over to uh, KC Live over in over in Kansas mm. City, or maybe I'll just stress watch, pace back and forth at my own house and <laughs> scare my dog with how emotional I get. You you <laughs> so. went to the, you went to the Bengals Chiefs game. You went to the AFC ch- title game, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. I uh, I don't I don't uh, ball out on many things, so but mm. uh, I splurged on 100 level tickets for that game. Wow, hadn't, hadn't been back and. Six years. The last time I've been to Arrowhead, I've been there twice, uh, three times now, and the playoff loss to the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers in the divisional round, 2017. It's the last time I've been there. So it's been six years. I got the hundred level tickets and still wound up pacing. I wound up going to a different section, better, uh, <laughs> better view for the fourth quarter. Went behind. I'm like, this. There's like two and a half minutes left. I'm like, 
this is coming down to a Harrison Bucker field goal. Like, yep. tie it, send it to overtime, or win. So I went behind the goal post, and I thought he missed it. From my, from my vantage point, I was a little <laughs> off center. I thought he missed it. And it went through, and it was just like relief and just happiness and revenge all yeah. those mixed emotion that's awesome all right zach hey appreciate the time as always sorry that we kept you a couple minutes later than usual but we we appreciate it as always um we'll talk to you soon no i appreciate you guys uh, thanks for having me on again that is zach carpenter of inside nebraska good stuff as always interesting stuff I- i'm curious to see now obviously we know how the staff kind of closed out 2023 cycle mm-hmm. But now they're starting to, as as Matt Rule has admitted, shift their focus now to 2024 when Marcus Satterfield was in the Denver area, found DeAndre Barnes. That's what he was doing. He was there for 2024 guys, not even 2023. But they ended up getting uh, DeAndre Barnes, the defensive back from Regis Jesuit High School. Work never stops. Um, yeah, exactly. So uh, pretty, pretty cool story there. Um, great details from uh, Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska. Let's take our final time out. We close out the week with a little bit of crossover action with uh, Austin Norman and Strick. Maybe. Uh, maybe coming up next on the happy hour download our app by searching 93.7 the ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are more of the happy hour is next on 93.7 the ticket and the ticket fm.com